How's it going, people? Hope you're all well. Good evening. First of all, I hope you're all keeping cool. My God, the last few days have been a struggle. It's hit 39 to 40 degrees today and I'm absolutely sweating it out and I can't keep cool. Um, but I thought I'd do a stream tonight and try and catch up with a couple of the boys. Unfortunately, Big Steve's running a little bit late and I'm, I'm hoping and praying that he can join us. But um, I think he's been held up. So um, apologies if he doesn't make the stream, guys. Obviously, he wants to, but um, he's going to try his best to get on a little bit later. But my boy Grizz Khan is with me, man. What are you saying, Grizz? I'm uh, I'm saying that I agree with you. It's too hot. Can't stay cool. But me and you are cool characters normally, so we can keep each other cool. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I'll take it's that, bro. It's the best we can do, man. But yeah, now nah, it's one of those days where cold showers. Stay out. Stay indoors as much as you can. Close your curtains, blinds, like I've done, um, and just keep yourself hydrated, man, as much as you can. And that's not even a joke. That's a serious thing. You know, children, mm. elderly, just. Try to keep them hydrated as much as you can. Yeah, man. Uh, well said. And I'm totally with you, man. It's been very difficult the last few days for me, man, because I don't deal well with the heat. And um, my God, I'm all good with having some calmness and some coolness, but it is very, very difficult um, at the moment. But I hope you're all well in the chat. Thanks for joining us. You lot are mad. The numbers of this um, podcast have been amazing of late. So thank you so much for keep coming back um, while we put out content. Um, Grizz, let's talk football, man. Um going to start with Arsenal because I do want to talk about Liverpool and a little bit about Man City and to be fair the window in general but I want to start with Arsenal because we, what I normally do is because I always talk Arsenal I sometimes forget to bring it up and then people in the chat are like hang on a minute we've, we've not spoken about Arsenal uh, so I want to talk a bit about Arsenal first and I know that you've had a little bit of a um, say on your channel about some of Arsenal's signings but I just want to get an overall opinion on how you think business so far has been for Mikel Arteta and Edu at Arsenal, mate? Um, Dan, I think so far, so good. I think how it ends will determine if it's a, a very good window or a, just a good window. It's not a bad window. I think we can establish it's not a bad window. So we can, in my opinion, we can tuck away the bad shot. It's a good window at the moment. It can become a very good window if you bring in one or two more. Um, and those one or two, in my opinion, I don't know if we're going to agree, but it's got to be in um, the right back position and a defensive midfield position. That's my opinion. I think Tommy Yasu is more than capable, but he's more of a defensive fullback than an attacking fullback. I think maybe you need someone who can play more in the mould of a Tierney on the other side as well. Um, mm. Yeah, Cedric, you know, he's done bits in the past, but he's, we know he's really not up to it right now if you want to go to the, to the levels that you want to reach. In terms of defensive midfield, I think Partey, without Partey, I don't see anyone else who can do a job who's adequate enough to, if you're going to challenge the likes of Spurs, let's be real. So they're the two positions that I think you need to address if it's going to be known as a as a 
very good window, in my opinion. Yeah, I think you're spitting facts, bro, because I worry about the injuries of last season. And I look at those injuries of last season and replicate them for this season and think, so what? What, what next? What if? And for me, Thomas Party getting injured was massive because there was nobody that could come in. Elneny come in and did a job, but sometimes a job isn't quite enough. Lukonga come in and proved that he's probably got some potential in a few years' time, but he isn't quite ready yet. So those two positions worry me, mate. Uh, sorry, those two players worry me in terms of backup. You're bang on about Cedric, by the way. Bellerin is leaving. Maitland-Niles, we believe, is leaving. And Cedric has proven last season that if he plays more than 15 games, he's probably going to cost you some points. So I think it's great business what we've done so far in certain positions. I think there's two unknown, two pretty good signings. The two good signings, of course, being Jesus and Zinchenko. The other two being Vieira and Marquinhos, which we don't quite know too much about as of yet. There's rumours of Tielemans, there's rumours of Paqueta, and both of those I think would be good signings because obviously it's not just a position that we need, but they're both highly rated. But I'm with you, Grizz. I still feel lack of defensive midfield, lack of right-back, and no links to any of those type positions, no players being linked with those positions, tells me Mikel Arteta is happy with Cedric as right-back, he's happy with Partey, Oneni and Lokonga, and he's also happy in another position up top where I think we're still short in Jesus and Nketiah. So I'm, I'm putting this scenario in place with you, Grizz, now saying if Tommy Asu gets the injuries he did last season, mm. if Partey gets the injuries he does last season, and if Jesus gets an injury, we've got Cedric, Elneny and Nketiah, three players that were responsible, not just those three, but were a part of that team that weren't quite able to get top four, being four points ahead with three games left. So where is the improvement in that in those positions? Now, listen, we could replace them. I don't know. We could get players in, got a few weeks left now. But I think those three positions are still key. I think we'll do something in midfield from the rumours that I'm hearing. But up top, as a defensive midfield and at right back, I don't think the cover's good enough, man. And I ask you the question, if Liverpool have got Arsenal and I said to you, Jesus, Party, and Tommy Asu were injured and coming in are Cedric, Elneny and Nketiah, you're going to look at those options and go, oh, I fancy. I mean, you'd fancy Liverpool anyway. But what I'm getting at is you, you would fancy your chances to score some serious goals with those three in the team because they massively weaken that Arsenal 11. Would you agree? Yeah, look, there's no denying that. I'm not going to sit here and say, um, you know, I'd be worried or scared or anything like that. But look, I get where you're coming from. And I agree with what you're saying but it's very difficult to address everything in one window. Now, this is, but this is the issue where Arsenal fans will say, this is the reason we've been moaning, because we haven't done enough in previous windows. Do you know what I mean? So therefore, it's left you a lot to do in one window. But if you take into isolation the window that you're having, what, you've brought in four players, am I right? Uh, four players now, yeah. So you've brought in four Let's say you bring in another two as probably likely, right? That's six players in one window, Dan. That's mm. more than half a team. You're literally going to be looking for, for, for players that are going to come in that will not be squad members because you're past that. You want people that are going to come in and replace your current first teamers, like the likes of Enketia. So Jesus comes and improves that. Likes the, like the likes of Zinchenko, who in my opinion... And this might be a bit of a hot take on your show, on your channel. No, go on. Coming Arsenal. In my opinion, Zinchenko is going to be a smarter move than Xhaka for me. 
Yeah, I think he's far more intelligent. Far uh, more you're going to get arguments from me, bro. <laughs> so, but, but, but there you go. There's two improvements right there. Fabio Vieira, in my opinion, doesn't improve on Odegaard, but is a very able deputy if Odegaard doesn't play, right? So he's a younger player. And your other one is an unknown quantity. We don't know, Dan. Marquinhos might... Might not be sent on loan. Is there any news on him sent, being sent Looking on like loan? Looking like he's going to be a part of the squad, mate. So there you go. So that's an unknown quantity. Now, we know... All right, look. I'm going to throw a bit of nostalgia in there. But we know Nicholas Anelka came and we didn't yep. know what he was like. We thought, okay, who the fuck's this? Right? When I say we, the footballing community, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> right? So we're thinking, who's, who's the fuck's Nicholas Anelka? Like, I think he was 17 or something, 18 or something. Yeah, to be up, fair, yeah. you don't even have to go back that far. Martinelli, who the hell was he? No one knew who he was, did they? You so my I mean? point being, it could be Marquinhos is the backup to Enketi and Jesus. I'm just saying, I'm not saying he is. So, but look, I'm not going to deny the fact that you still need one or minimum one, most likely two more for you to make it, uh, convince yourself that it's been a, a very good window. At the moment, I'd say it's a good window. Don't forget, don't forget you've got um, William Saliba coming back as well. Mm-hmm. We don't, I, mean, I don't know if he's definitely staying or going because that's yeah, always he's... like, he's staying. If he's staying, yeah. there you go, Dan. That's another positive because that gives you a very good set of centre-backs considering you're not in the Champions League. You've got to bear that in mind. As much as it hurts, you've got to realise you're not in the Champions League. You're not going to have great options in all your squad because that's just the way it is. You fucked up in previous windows and as a result, you've left yourselves a lot to do in this window. And that what you've just said there is key for me. And that's why when people say we signed four players, I'm thinking, well, I hope we are going (laughs) to because Mm. we got rid of four players in January. So actually our squad's still what it was in January in terms of numbers. We've got quite a big squad, but four or five positions are still needed to be improved upon. And that tells me that there's a lot of this squad that just isn't up to it. Me and Lee Judges went on last night and did a channel, uh, sorry, a show on the channel about what we still need to do in terms of the outgoings because there's still incomings needed. We all know this. But actually, when you look at what's needed outgoing-wise, I put together a 1-11 to of players that Arsenal still need to look at doing something with. Now, for me, I look at it and think there was 11 players there that we're not even talking about uh, selling, by the way, some of them just loaned, some of them just not good enough. So I still think there's a lot of work for Arsenal to do. Um, I'm going to pause there, there because... No, no, there, there's no on, doubt there is. Sorry, sorry, go on, sorry. Go, 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 go. Gonna I was just going to say I'm going to pause there because I'm going to bring in uh, the legend that is Big Steve. Man, thank you so much for joining yes. us, bro. How you doing, man? It's been a long, hot, warm day, man. I mean, <laughs> not in my usual location, so I'm a bit hot. Thank God yeah, you're man. here. Thank God you're here. I mean, what I mean by that, what I mean by that is I thought I'm not going to get a chance to eat my pizza. And now I've got someone who can talk as much as me. He's always eating this guy. He's always What is it with you and eating? It's normally chicken wings, man. What's going on? Pizza tonight? Like, come on, Grizz. What's what's, what you saying? I'll tell you what it is. When you're with a bunch of lads, mates, you're you're comfortable enough to chat football, have a bit of drink, have a bit of food. What better, what better way to go through a show? Do you know what I mean? Instead of sitting all there uptight, thinking, oh, what are we going to talk about? What are we going to say? This is the yeah, life, man. Big up, Big Steve, of course. Yeah, big up yourself, man. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for you to come on, Max. I know you had a busy, busy day. So thanks for jumping on, bro. No um, problem, man. 
I thought I'd leave it, you know what, we'll see what Big Steve does, man. If he turns up, he's calm. If he doesn't turn up, he's calm. So uh, thanks for coming on, bro. Um, listen, it's good about? timing. It's good yeah. timing, man, because we talk about Arsenal. Uh, I thought we'd start there and then we get into Liverpool and City a bit later. But for me, bro, I'm looking at the signings. Grizz thinks it's been an OK window. We've still got quite a lot to do, in my opinion. But you've come on at a good time because we seem to be nicking quite a lot of your Man City B team, bro. So talk to me about the... Uh, the situation at Arsenal with Gabriel Jesus and Zinchenko, in your opinion, mate, what are we getting uh, for all the Arsenal fans out there? In your opinion, no, Jesus has been a, he's a great player. He's he, he's he's a great player. You only have to look what he's done on the pitch. He's been part of a Man City team that's been successful, winning trophies. Um, he's just been unfortunate not to nail down a regular place. But if you're after a player that always gives a hundred percent, always gonna gonna fight for the badge, fight for the shirt. Um, he's a great signing for me. And I think what it is, is he's just got to that point in his career where City have levelled up, no disrespect. We've got, we're, we're freshening up and we've gone up a level. Jesus was a, a, a different level to Kelechi Iniacho. Kelechi Iniacho, the City fans loved him because of the same thing. But then when Jesus signed and you notice he's seen the difference, it was like, OK, Kelechi's got to move. We've got to go with the times. And that's all City's done. I mean, anyone in the world... You're having Erling Haaland over over Gabriel Jesus, but what I'm saying is for Arsenal, don't no disrespect for you. It's a level up from Lacazette, from Eddie Enketio. Uh, he, he honestly, I think I think he's going to hit the ground running. I think the fans have got to get behind him. He's very rare. I can tell you about a time Gabriel Jesus has had a stinker. He'll always give a hundred percent. Try not to burden him too much with it with it with a, the goals just yet. Um, but if you be patient, I think you, you've got a great signing. And, and, and listen, Mikel Arteta gets a lot of shit off the Arsenal fans. But at the end of the day, he doesn't go there without him, in my opinion. He trusts him. He's a young kid. He knows what he's about. And, he, and he's going there for that reason, mate. He's not going there because, you know, um, the Arsenal's the glamour club and all that. He's just come from Man City. So he's, he's going there thinking, right, I've got a manager that believes in me. He knows me. He trusts me. I'm not going to get benched and I've got time to grow. So for me... It's, it's a quality signing, and I've told all the Arsenal fans, you know, just bear with him. I'm telling you now, it's it's, it's a great signing. Manchester City fans are more gutted about losing Jesus than Raheem Sterling. So that tells you something. Wow. Wow. Yeah. wow. I mean, that says it all. <laughs> that says it all to me. I remember speaking to you uh, quite a while ago, Steve, when there was the rumours about Jesus and Arsenal, and you said you think we're going to get a great signing here. And I must admit, bro, I know it's only pre-season. I've only seen him twice. My God, it's a breath of fresh air for what we're used to, mate. I tell you this now, we're not look used at him, to having look this. Look at the goals he's scoring and he's finishing, he's deadly. He's not what, he's not what you, you, you're you used to, you know what I mean? He's And you know what? If he has a stinker, he has a game where he misses a few, he'll knuckle down the next game, he goes again. He doesn't sulk, he doesn't whinge, he doesn't cause any problems. He doesn't. He's not. A, he disrupts in the dressing room. He's been brought up by Pep Guardiola in this country, so he's respectful. And I think this is a big thing for Arsenal. The mentality change is starting, you're starting to see it. He's getting players that he knows are winners. Look at Zinchenko. He was signed for a million pounds. He was playing football in the streets in Donetsk because Shakhtar didn't have a stadium. He came to City. We loaned him to PSV Eindhoven. He wasn't good enough. PSV said, no, he's not for me. He came back. Then he was going to sell him to Wolves. He said, no, what a player. What a settle down. Pep said, OK, well, try you out left back. At first, it was a nightmare. Everybody used to shit it. Zinchenko's playing left back. Balls over the top, a nightmare. And I tell you what, the kids knuckled down. He's not given us any issues. He's, he's been patient. He's learned off, off the people in front of him. 
and he's turned into an absolute great little player. For the Ukraine, he's the main man. He can play centre-mid. For Manchester City, he can play left-back, inverted, full-back. Another player you're getting. I mean, I heard mixed reviews last night. He was not overly keen on going near the end. He had a bit of a wobble. But I think City's uh, packed him off and he's, he's on his way to you. I've heard he's, fly, he's flying to you now. And um, another player, quality. If you look at the positions you're strengthening and with the players you're strengthening, they're coming from the champions. But Dan, do you know what? Dan, do you know what is? I just want to quickly add to what Steve said, and I've said it before, but I haven't said it today. Do you know what Steve said about coming from Man City and playing mm -hmm. under Pep? The standards are as high mm -hmm. as you can get. What have we all taken a piss out of Arsenal about in terms of mm -hmm. the mentality? No winning yeah. mentality, just soft asses all over the pitch, mm -hmm. everywhere, on and off the pitch, moaning if you're not in the team, going to social media if you're not on the team, right? This is what you're going to get. And this is what a lot of fans can't quantify. They only see skills, goals and assists, stats. They can't quantify. When I, when I talk about Liverpool, right, and Steve talks about City, when we talk about mentality and footballing culture, Jesus and Zinchenko are probably some of the best examples because not regulars in their team, but never let the show down, never make a big hoo-ha, never go to the media, and when they're called upon, never let their team down. And this is what you guys need right now. You're screaming out for someone or some 100%. people like this. I think it's an absolute stunning coup for you guys for where you guys are. Yeah, and, and, Grizz, and Grizz, you know what? Grizzle, sorry, Grizzle, tell you. When Klopp came in at Liverpool, Liverpool um, needed a mentality change. But it doesn't happen overnight. These people... It doesn't happen overnight. You've got to start off with small steps. And what Arteta did, he came in at Arsenal as a rookie and he couldn't come in there and throw his weight about straight away because people, youth as fans, wouldn't have had it. You'd have said, who's this guy? He's a rookie. He can't come in here, get rid of him, get rid of him. Who's this, this, this? So he's done it cleverly, in my opinion. He's started to slowly, slowly get things on his level and he's now bringing in players that respect him. Zinchenko will run through brick walls for him. Gabriel Jesus will do the same. And at the end of the day, these signings now, people are starting to take note. The younger players are taking note. And, you know, me and Grizz have been big fans of Arteta, not because we're taking the piss. I know Arteta personally because I've watched him with Pep and people call him the cone man. But let me tell you, he's more than a cone man. You don't get to be Pep Guardiola's assistant manager if you're a fucking cone man because Pep Guardiola won't have it. So that's just disrespectful to him. But at the end of the day, Arsenal are moving in the right direction. And what I said the other day on another show, Arsenal fans need to stop fucking comparing themselves to Tottenham. Because six months ago, Tottenham were in a bad, bad place. They got Conte. Now everyone's shitting it looking over the road. Forget over the road, because I've looked over the road all my fucking life. And, and it was fucking scary, let me tell you. But now I don't look over the road. I don't care. Concentrating on my own shit. And the Arsenal fans, get behind your club, galvanise the manager, and start going in the right direction. Is there going to be ups? Yeah. Is there going to be downs? A million percent. But listen, the signings for me are positive. Yeah, and um, the reason it's difficult for me, and Grizz will tell you because he's known me longer, is I've not been a fan of what I've been seeing uh, with Mikel Arteta. Having said that, um, I really like both these signings. <laughs> I really do. And um, it's funny because what Grizz was touching on is basically what I touched on last week when I heard the rumours of not just Jesus being signed, but also Zinchenko. They said to me, don't you think that's two quality signings, Dan? I said, it is quality in terms of their technical ability, but actually what's up there is massively important to me because there's no winners at this club. There's no leaders, really. 
There's a couple maybe. Our most decorated player is Kieran Tierney, mate, and all that was at Celtic. <laughs> yeah, mm. that's our most decorated player. Now we've got Jesus, who's got four Premier League titles and God knows how many cups and um, FA cups and League cups. We've got obviously Zinchenko now the same. I look at what Zinchenko can do, and I just want to touch before we come back to Grizz with you, Steve, about Zinchenko in terms of his positioning, because it looks to me as if he's probably going to be more of a left eight to upgrade on Granite Chaka as opposed to a left back for us, because Kieran Tierney has injury problems, of course, which means Zinchenko can be brilliant there at left back. But I just wanted to get your opinion on him in that position as a left eight and what we might be able to expect from him, because he looks very comfortable on the ball, definitely a, a, a worker, definitely a presser, like you say, and gives 110%. But I believe there's some leadership qualities there because he's obviously the Ukraine captain as well. So I wanted to get your opinion on how, how well you think he'll suit to that position at Arsenal. No, he's, he's a fighter, mate. He came into a City team. He was probably out of his depth. But instead of sulking, throwing his ties out the pram, feeling sorry for himself, he knuckled down and he worked hard. He's been learning from the best. He's been playing under the best manager and he's been playing under a great set of players. So he's, he, things like that rubbing off on him. Another one, no problems from him. No dissent. No throwing his arms around, doesn't care if he gets subbed, you know what I mean? Just knuckles down, he's a team player. And that's what Chris was saying about mentality and the players that you're getting in now. And with him, I think he can play midfield comfortable. You look at him from the Ukraine, he can run games in, on an international scene, he can run games. I've seen him tuck in nice at left-back. I've seen him play false nine against Paris Saint-Germain at home in the Champions League. He played false nine and we beat him. So he can play anywhere. And them kind of players in the modern game are a rarity. And, and especially with the modern fullbacks, the way they play, the the, the inverted fullback, there's not many can do it. And um, he's a good player, mate. And for that kind of mm. money, it's a snip, man. It's a snip. Yeah, I think both of them, money-wise, uh, Grizz have been very, very good pieces of business from Arsenal as far as I'm concerned. I mean, f I think it's raising up to 50 for Jesus and I believe 30. So, so, sorry, Dan, somebody said in the comments that um, what's his weaknesses. I'm just going to say the only weakness I've ever seen him play, he can get a little bit carried away sometimes and he can get a little bit caught too far forward. I think his brain's telling him he's in midfield when he should be at left-back and then he leaves mm. that gap. If you watch the Champions League final against Chelsea, I don't watch it back, obviously, for obvious reasons. But if no. you watch their goal, Zinchenko's all over the place when that ball comes through the middle there and he's left, he's left trailing. That's the only criticism of him. But I'm sure... But even that, the... but yeah. even that Pep, Pep's, that's Pep's fault, really. Yeah. Because yeah, he's, he's made him that. Yeah, he's made he's him He's asked him to do it. Yeah. He's asked him yeah. to do yeah. it. Like, he's yeah. done the same to Fabian Delph. Do you know what I mean? He, all, he, he changes other players' roles. And you've got to... And, and I'll tell you another thing. Pep only chooses the smart ones to change their roles. I'll tell you that for a fact. Even without knowing it, for a fact, I'm telling you as a fact. Because he wouldn't choose a dumbass to change roles. He no. picks the smartest players to play the multifunctional roles. And that's, yeah. a, and that's, a, that's a credit in Zinchenko's bank, in my, in my, in my he opinion. Deserves, he deserves a run now in the team. Same with Jesus. He can, you know, he's yeah. won four Premier League. So it's time to... He's, he probably done, he's probably... He's won the Premier League four times. So he's probably thinking, you know what? I want to go and enjoy my football now. And, and pick up, you know, I want to try a new project. And, you know, he's probably thinking, I'm not never going to break that left back. It's never going to be mine. Never going to play in centre mid. So I'll move on. And he's gone to a, a great team in Arsenal and his mates there. And yeah, it's mad. But I think this is a bit of a favour, this. I think Pep's sorting these boys out for you because we might be taking one of yours next summer. <laughs> Yeah, man, I don't even want to think about that. But um, let's touch on it. Uh, I was going to bring it up later, but now we're on it. Let's talk about it quick. Um, I'll tell you what, I'll come to Grizz first on this one because I know you're mm. a massive fan of this kid. <laughs> and mm -hmm. uh, then we'll come to Steve about how the, possi the possibility of it. Because 
I believe this is going... Uh, I don't think that he's the only one, by the way, because you know my thoughts on this project and why youth projects don't work, because we've tried this twice already and we failed on it. And every time, the young players end up leaving because they think, I need to go elsewhere and win something. So, for me, Grizz, I'm looking at the Sackers and the Smith, Rose and Martinelli's, but mainly the Sacker at the moment. And I'm thinking that he could potentially be looking at you boys or maybe even Newcastle if they come up and do madness in the coming seasons, which, trust me, they will do. Maybe... If we don't start to win stuff in the coming seasons, and I'm talking about this coming season, maybe the next one, if you're Bukayu Saka, Grizz, do you start to look elsewhere or are you looking at staying because you're a hail boy, you love Arsenal and you believe in the project? You only got to look across the road at the Harry Kane situation and you ask yourself, do I want to get to that stage of my career like Harry is? Undoubtedly one of the top strikers in Europe, but not winning anything. For me, Saka, for me, Saka's not at that stage yet because he's only 20, 19, something like that. 20. 20. So even if he was to sign, a, let's say, a new four-year deal with you guys, he still, in my opinion, would see out those two, three years and see where you're at because there's no doubt Man City and Liverpool, me and Steve, I think we disagreed on it. I can't remember if we agreed on it. Did we agree Man City will take him? But I think we, but, but either way, both our clubs, both our coaches like him and would, would, in my opinion, would take him. Because let's just imagine Salah just signed a new deal, three years' time. If Saka develops the way he's going, don't get me wrong, he's not a patch on, in my opinion, Mahrez or Salah right now. When I say patch, I mean, he's got a long way to go to get to Mahrez or Salah's level. I would agree with that. But three years, three years of experience, ups and downs that he's going to have, it's only going to make him a better player. I don't think he's in danger of leaving you guys right now um, or even next season. But I think he'd have to assess it when he's 23, 24, because he is. He loves Arsenal. We were very much for him for him before he signed that professional contract with you. We fucking made him a brilliant offer. We thought we got him. But the only reason he stayed was because of his love for Arsenal. And that's fair enough. You know, that's absolutely fair enough. So that's what gives me the that's what gives me the thought that he's going to stay at Arsenal for a couple of years. But if you don't, as you said, Dan, it's the way of the wicked world. If you're not going to be successful, your best players are going to want to move on. Well, the ones that have yeah. got anything about them. And that's the way it's going to be. 100%, see, man. If they can't see any progression, if Arsenal's going season upon season, just missing out like the Nurlimen... You can't blame a player like that for wanting to go because he's going on England duties, talking to the other young lads that are at different clubs that are in Champions ambition, League. Ambition, man. You know, it's ambition. And you'd never, listen, you never begrudge a player ambition. But if your club's making signings and every season improving and you get in there and you can offer him Champions League football, you know, he, he's probably, you know, you're probably in a better position to keep him. I think if Arsenal can get back into that Champions League mix, then... Um, I think you, you've got a great chance of keeping him because he's he obviously, like you say, he's an Arsenal boy. If you fall out of that again, um, with a big dog circling like they are at the minute, um, it's tough to keep a player like that. It is. Yeah, it is It is tough. Um, I want to get you both your thoughts on the player, though, um, because obviously Arsenal fans can sometimes overhype players. Um, but I really like this kid. I think he's got the ability to be everything that he wants. I think for club and country, he's been great as a youngster. Uh, Steve, I'll start with you, man. If you was to get Bukayo Saka, how excited would you be uh, for your future? Do you know what I mean? The Arsenal fans, uh, they dog me a little bit because I... <laughs> 
I see I see him as left back for us. I don't know why. I just see him coming at City and Pep putting him at left back. And I mean, and that's not disrespectful to him because I think he's got the way we play with our left backs. You've got to get up and about, and you've got to look at Liverpool's full backs. They're like wingers, and they're key to everything they do. And that's why I, I like think that shot. I like that yeah. shot. I, I, mean, like I tell you what, he'd play there. I tell you that now, he'd play. Yeah, anyway, I've always seen it in him. I've always seen it in him. And the thing is, um, I think if you, the, the thing is, if you play him at left back in a in a good side. You and then eventually can move to that winger position. But if you've done a few seasons at left back, you know in your you you, you set up differently as a winger. Instead of thinking, nah, I ain't tracking back there. You've played left back, so you know your left back's in the shit. So you gotta get your ass back, in it. It's a different mentality issue. Mm -hmm. You look at Riyad Mahrez and that, it's took years for us to train him to try and get back, but he's always been a winger, you know what I mean? He's never defended. But with Saka, I think he's young. I think someone like Pep or Klopp could mould him into anything, anything that he, he they wanted him to be. Yeah, I, I I really like the guy, and I, I don't think that's a bad shout. Uh, funny enough, I do think it. You know, he is a winger, but if Pep's going to play him in any position, trust me, he'll play it because we've already done it at left back. He's played at right wing back. He's played at right back, left wing back, left back. He's played at a number eight. He's played at a number ten, right, left. This kid just does it all. I really, really like him, man. Grizz, I know you're a big fan, and remember a couple of weeks ago I was on a show with you, and you said if Salah was to go because of the rumours about him before he signed his contract, you'd love somebody like him to come in. So I know you're a huge fan of this kid, man. Yeah, look. I wouldn't have liked him as a direct replacement for Salah if Salah was to leave like then or right now. Yep. But he's definitely one to keep an eye on. I'd say, and this is these are all the normal stuff, the cliche stuff. He needs to get more physically robust. I know he's quite strong on the ball for his size. Um, he's got to improve his finishing. All the normal stuff that you expect a 20-year-old to improve on anyway. Yeah. Um, he's got, you know, he's got a great eye for a pass. All of that stuff. I just, I just think he's got a, I just think he's got a couple of levels to go yet before we can really talk about the big dogs coming in for him. That's just mm. my personal opinion. What my biggest debate was, I think, I don't know if you caught the big six a few weeks ago. We done it, where I, I can't even remember which one of the knobheads said he's not worth fifty million, <laughs> right? Because that's what, what that's what would have been Toby, I man. I can't remember. Toby. Yeah, I think they they went like they they went. What are you mad? I said, what do you mean? Like, like, pe like people are going willy nilly for like 50, 60, Like fucking Lissandro, five foot nine centre back from Ajax, has just been gone to gone to Man United for sixty four million. How much Who do you think he's worth? Then Saka. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why I, I muted everyone after that. I didn't. Twenty five million or something. Yeah. Yeah. I, mad, I said, I said, if you don't think Saka's worth fifty million in the current climate, right? English tax as well, playing yeah. in a, let's be honest, not a great Arsenal team. Like, come on, call a spade or a spade. Like, and he's still doing well. He's the standout player in that attack. So apparently you say, I have to words, I have to have words, man. Apparently was it Saeed? Saeed? I don't know. I think it, I think it was a couple you know, of them. Saeed, man. Saeed comes out with pure <laughs> bullshit. I think it was Matisse as well. I think it was Matisse as well. But I, I guess it's the Chelsea... Mate, they laughed at me when I said Bernardo Silva was worth 70 million last season. They were like, You're never going to get 70 million uh, for Bernardo Silva. You know what I mean? People, they don't watch football, man. People FIFA are putting football. people are putting in 80 million if you if you re, if you believe the rumors anyway. Now, so there we go. Anyway, madness. Nah, no, I, easy. I, I'd, I'd take him, I'd take him, but I would want mm. a more polished Saka to get into the Liverpool or City team. Listen, that's a, fair. Now, yeah. 
That's fair. And do you know what is mad? Is how good Saka is. If I was to speak to any other club, they'd all be going straight in. Take him straight in. Yeah. That just shows how far ahead you guys are. It really does. Uh, Liverpool and City saying, yeah, we take him, but not sure he'd play. Not sure he's quite ready yet. Man, you're miles ahead of everyone. It's scary. Let's get into this. Um, let's start with Man City. Because Man City, to be fair, I think... Um, no disrespect, Grizz have had the best transfer window for me. I think, personally, I look at that striking position and just think no one's going to catch up with that now. Um, Steve, we spoke a bit, a little bit about Haaland um, beforehand. Mm -hmm. So I think I get your opinions on that one. But where my question lies is, what's happening at Man City? And that might sound a stupid question, but I'm seeing a lot of rumours of players leaving. Jesus has gone, Zinchenko's gone, Sterling's gone, Bernardo Silva rumours I'm hearing. Like... Is this a complete clear out now for Clep or for Pep or what's going on, man? I think he's just having a he's having a freshen up. I think he's due to sign a new deal, um, and I think this is his next rebuild. Um, these players that he's let go, we're making profit on them all. We're actually plus now. We've signed Haaland, Alvarez, Phillips, and a new goalkeeper, and we're in the, we're in the plus the net spend. I don't ever talk about net spend's bollocks, but at the end of the day, it's not bad. Um, it's just having a freshen up. Last season, I've said it before. We just about got over the line. Last 10 games was, was twitchy. We were limping. The squad depth wasn't what people think it is. Oh, you can't moan about squad. You're Man City. Bullshit. We had five or six young kids that were never first team ready on the bench last 10 games. We had John Stones at right back, Fernandinho centre-back, Fernandinho at right back. It was it was a mismatch, but we got there just. We were 15 minutes away from the worst bottle jobs you've ever seen. So that's how fine line it is. But... I think Pep's realising now he can't make that mistake. Fernandinho's gone. Phillips has come in. Cheap, in my opinion, for an English player. Is he gonna he's never gonna displace Rodri in that team? I don't think. I think he's gonna be purely backup and maybe centre back backup as well, because he can play there. Um but Haaland's key. I think you sign a player like that, the whole club's got a lift. Plus, don't forget, we lost Aguero two seasons ago. Never replaced him. We're the highest scorers in all five European leagues last year with no striker. And now we've added this guy. And I'm excited to see him. Alvarez, don't sleep on Alvarez as well. Julian Alvarez is a great okay. signing. And what I've seen of him in training this week from the clips in America, sharp, hungry. Um, Pep knows what he's doing. City fans are panicking like mad. We're losing all our team. Sterling's gone. Hey, just calm down. If we had Alan Ball as manager, God rest his soul, I'd be shitting myself thinking they all want to get off. But we've got Pep Guardiola there. So at the end of the day, relax, man. Just relax. Take a deep breath. We've signed a big robot, Norwegian guy. I'm 41 year old. Yeah, I don't have players on my shirt. I went to the shop today and I got a shirt with number nine Haaland on the back. Yeah, we like, didn't. I'm like a school kid, Chris. I'm going to be wearing <laughs> that every day. I don't care if you call me a full kit wanker. They can call me whatever you want. I don't care. I have never been this excited about a striker since we signed Jerry Creaney from Portsmouth and swapped him for Paul Walsh. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, it's it's a madness. It's, it is a madness signing, man. I, I can't lie. And I was a huge, huge fan of Sergio Aguero, but I really think this guy could be um, could be something special. And I look at there's never. I don't think personally you may disagree. I don't think there's going to be another Ronaldo and Messi together. I think that, that those that's just hardly happens. To get two in that same generation is just madness. 
But if you was to ask me who were the two next coming up, I would go for him and Mbappe. I would. I don't think they're going to be the Ronaldo and Messi's, but I do think they're going to be the two next best things. And I think we're going to see a madness from them in terms of what they're doing at their age now. It's, it's scary what they're doing. Uh, he's already, for me, favourite for uh, the Golden Boot. I've already uh, put in bets down on it. I think he's going to kill it at Manchester City. You've had no striker, people are saying, for two seasons, and you've just put and you won the league. You've bought Haaland in now. It's just going to be mad. I really think it's going to be an easy one for you, um, in my opinion. Calvin Phillips is an interesting one for me, though, Big Steve, because I look at it right and I think Rodri was probably one of the best midfielders in the league, like hands down, last season, in my opinion. Brilliant for you yeah. guys, absolutely sensational. So I can't see that Calvin Phillips is going to come in there, but I do see it, believe it or not, as a bit of an upgrade uh, to what you had before, because Fernandinho was kind of done wasn't he really like you know i mean his his time was done unbelievable player i don't want to disrespect him because he was class and obviously gone the one i think was was kind of you know needing to be uh refreshed so to speak i think what calvin phillips will do is pretty much what rodri does he just won't be as good as rodri (laughs) but it will still be good enough for man city do you know what i mean i think this is a good player certain games last season where Rodri needed a rest because of the fernandinho issue and really couldn't trust him even against the lower teams we put Fernandinho in there and he was getting overrun. So at the end of the day, Rodri probably played 10 games more than he should have. So with Calvin coming in, yeah, it freshens it up. It's a good fight. Doesn't let Rodri rest on his laurels. Um, so that freshens that up. He can also play centre-back. Uh, another signing that's gone under the radar is the goalkeeper. The goalkeeper got, I think he was one of the highest rated in the Bundesliga last year. I think Bayern and that was sniffing around him. People at the end of the season know it's mad. We're calling for Edison to uh, get a bit of comp- competition. So they've they've got the wish. This kid's coming in now. He reckons he can, people reckon he can play with his feet. Blah blah blah. So Pep's just having a freshen up. He's obviously sat back, had a look where he needs to tweak it. I believe we're a little bit light still. I think something else will happen. Cucurella is definitely definitely going to happen from Brighton. He, he, he wanted great him. Player. I said that great great six player. Weeks ago that that was happening. I knew that was happening, but things take time. And then I said to Grizz. I got told from my man that they were at, they were looking at the Diaby from Bayer Leverkusen, the winger. Oh wow! Um, so, and Bayer Leverkusen was supposed Party to sign rated. one of our young, young kids, Samuel Adoza, for ten million, and Fabrizio announced it, but then Adoza is still there. So, I don't know whether this is going to be. Yeah, you can have Sam Adoza. 10 million plus whatever. I don't know, but that's my opinion on it. It's weird how Fabrizio announced it. And he's still at City, so it's not quite gone over the line. But And then the Diaby link comes. So I think if we can get a, a winger in as well. But listen to this, Chris. This is a mad one. Cancelo, yeah, has just changed his number today to seven. I know. Right? Now, that's a winger for me. The number's a winger number. Now, has Pep decided he's now a left? Because don't forget, he can play left back, right back. Is he now a left back, a left winger, right winger? And you you would have put it against it. You wouldn't put yeah. it against it. The no. way he cuts in, the way he shoots. So you don't know if this is another little master plan from Pep. You know what I mean? Why go and buy a winger when you've got... If you buy a left-back, you've got your left-back sorted out, Cancelo and, and Cucurella on the left. Your right-back is Walker and and, and and Cancelo on the right. And then you've also got Cancelo can play in the wing. So, never know. Listen, I, uh, that's a madness. I didn't know that, by the way. <laughs> That's absolute yeah. madness because Cancelo has been class, absolute class. Thought he was the best left back to be fair um, last season. He was absolutely superb for you. So that'll be interesting. And I do think, hands up, Akucarella. 
I really like him, man. Outside of the top six, I think he's by far the best left back in the league. I think he's superb and has been for a couple of seasons now. Grizz, I've got to come to you on Man City before we go on to Liverpool, man, because I said to you and everybody last season, Chelsea are not going to win the league, like everybody kept saying, all these Arsenal fans telling me. I actually predicted Liverpool because I didn't think Man City could go again without having that kind of uh, goals, goals in a striker up top. But of course, they proved me wrong again. And Pep's done his magic and they've got goals by committee and they won, they won the league. The reason I went for Liverpool, though, wasn't just because I fancied you just randomly. The reason I went for you is because I felt for the first time in a very long time, you had some serious strength in depth in most of your positions. And I did it on your show. I told you why I thought your signings were class in terms of Jota, Luis Diaz, Simicast, all these players that perhaps weren't there before that have come in now and given you a little bit of strength in depth. The fact that Oxlade-Chamberlain can't kick a football for me is, is 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 only a good thing because it proves how strong your your side is, right? You literally so, can't kick a football, but that's a different story. Yeah, no, that, that is another story. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you must be now looking at this Manchester City side, shaking your head, thinking Harland, Phillips, Cucurella. Is this is this worrying for you, Grizz, as a Liverpool fan, mate? No, because Man City, even if they don't sign those signings, are still league winners. Four, four in five seasons. Yeah, but Regardless don't you think that's just the made them bit better, bigger and better now, no, surely? No, I, don't, no? I genuinely don't think that. No, and me and Steve have talked about this loads, loads, loads. I'll tell you what, will, I'll tell you what sways it either way for me and or anyone. And it's the X factor, it's the Alvarez. If Alvarez turns out to be sp special, then it tips them to being, in my opinion, much better. I genuinely yeah. said... I've said, I think Zinchenko, Sterling and Jesus are valuable, valuable members of this team. They bring a mentality and an impact and they know the way Pep plays. Alvarez, Haaland, Phillips and Cucurella won't know how. They will have time yeah. to adapt. They will need to adapt. Pep is one of the most strategically based coaches ever, probably. Right, he's all about instruction, letter of the law. We've seen it. We've seen his antics in off the pitch, on the pitch, in the in, in the behind the scenes videos. These guys, there's no doubt in their quality and their overall isolation. Like Harland, is a, I'm not going to sit here and say, "Oh, Harland's a flop." I'll be stupid. Cucurella, we've seen. Phillips, we've seen. One of the star men of England in the Euros. All I've said is. I just think taking those four out and suddenly putting these four in, for me, doesn't make them much, much better. Where I think it could sway them is the Alvarez. He's an unknown. I don't care what anyone says. No one knows what Alvarez is going to do. Yeah, we've seen clips of him, everyone, since he's been linked with City. Every Tom DeCanary is like, who the fuck's this Alvarez? He must be special if Pep wants him, yeah? If he turns out to be, like, above good, then they're cooking. But if he turns out to be another Ferran Torres, for example, or you know, or someone like that who doesn't quite settle down, not doesn't always mean on the pitch, it can mean off the pitch. I think that's what sways it for me, whether it's they're much better or they're at the same. For me, Haaland is an absolute goal machine. But if you ask me, am I more worried now if I, than I was last season? No, I was more worried last season because they had it settled. Every player knew exactly how Peps plays. And that's massive. And that's why you probably subconsciously probably pick Liverpool because we are the same set of players mm. that know what we're doing, know what Klopp's methods are. 
I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it. It's a battle galore. It's a battle royale. It's going to be the same two teams, despite everyone else making noises and moves. And it's and Steve talked about fine margins. Like he said, they were 15 minutes away from being the biggest bottle drops in the history of football. We were 15 minutes away from fucking the opposite. So do you get what we're playing with? We're playing with fucking margins of error. It's mad. It's crazy. It's yeah. Crazy. And it's madness when I predicted Liverpool and everyone was laughing at me and then all of a sudden it wasn't so funny in the last 15 minutes of the season, was it? So, you know, I, I, I have my reasons for going for Liverpool. I still think they're going to do very well this season. But Steve, before we move on to Liverpool, where do you think Man City are still short? Because obviously you've got rid of a couple of players and do you expect you to still be busy in the coming weeks, mate? I think Cucurella deal over the line. That covers us at left-back. Um, I think Calvin Phillips covers Fernandinho and can play at centre-back. Um, I'd like to get a wide player in, but I don't know. We've got, we got um, Cole Palmer, McAtee, the Brazilian kid Kai Kai, all mix, floating around the mix. So I don't know what his plans are. We bet you can never see it. Um, Jack Grealish as well, Zaddy season. You know, we, we we allow it at Man City that, that one season to get, get the ideas in your head. I'm expecting big things from Jack. No excuse, no hiding, no getting pissed up, no falling out on the floor. It's Jack Grealish time this season. He's got to uh, come in now for that money and and, and and he's got to start dragging, dragging us over the line in games. He started to show it towards the end of the season, to be fair. Started to put his mark on games. Real Madrid in the Champions League near the end. couple cleared off the line. you know. So Jack knows what he's got to do. Um, and like you say, with Parlam coming in, it's massive for us. And... Um, I think we play a little bit different this year. But Grizz is right what he says about the play. Um, I'm worried. The, the last two seasons, in the first 10 games, we've dropped points in three to four games because we're not ready. In my opinion, we're not ready. We've only got two pre-season games. We've not had a game yet. We, we, we came to training two weeks after everybody else. Our first game's on Thursday. Then we've got Bayern at the weekend and the Charity Shield. For me, it's not enough. John Stones, Foden... Gundogan and Laporte uh, not got American uh, can't get in America because of the jabs so they've they've gone on tour with the elite development squad to Croatia so that ain't ideal when you've mm. got playing against under 23s in Croatia so it seems a bit of a mismatch like Chris said uh, with with Pep's mentality and the way he plays not every player can grasp it Cancelo struggled first season Mares struggled Grealish struggled so hopefully we can hit the ground running but I'm confident, you know, I'm confident again. Haaland's massive, really massive. So excited to see it. I told Grizz about Nunes, that the, the, the critics are going to be after him. All I've seen in these games now, people putting highlight reels of him missing. He's, I mean, Nunes is a great player and he'd do all right. But I think Nunes and uh, Haaland this season, the media and the pundits especially, are going to be on them both. Yeah, man, I think it's I think it's facts what you're talking about. And I still look at players there that have... Maybe not even hit the heights of uh, Manchester City so far, like Jack Grealish, who I think is going to have a, a big, important role to play. Um, and this Cancelo thing is very, very interesting for me. Uh, before we come to the last part about Liverpool, I just want to bring in a couple of super chats. First one, big up yourself, Gonorola. Thank you so much, man. He's agreeing. He's saying, my fear with Saka is that I could see one of City or Liverpool deciding to go for him early to beat out the competition from the other. He's the ideal 
upgrade. I really hope that you're wrong, but I do fear that as well. Grizz, I'm going to put this one to you quick because it is linked with a player that's gone there. Thoughts on the Bayern Munich transfer window. There's some interesting stuff coming out about Leroy Sane and links to Arsenal, which would just be amazing for me, but I just can't see it happening. Uh, Serge Gnabry signed a new deal and obviously they've signed Mane and they've still got Coleman. So it looks like they've got some players there in those positions and Leroy Sane is rumoured to be linked with a move to Arsenal. So what do you make of the thoughts of Bayern Munich at the moment signing De Ligt today as well? Don't think it's nothing to be worried about in terms of Champions League threats. I honestly don't. Lewandowski is going to be a huge, huge miss for them. People are going to realise how good this fella is. Uh, you know, the understanding he had with Muller, fucking one of the best partnerships around, mate. I think Gnabry signing on is huge for them. So they'll be good, they'll be sound. But Gnabry, if Gnabry was to leave, then yeah. I mean, obviously, Delit is a wonderful player, but again, Upamakano alongside him, Delit, two young centre backs, not the not the most mobile or quick either of them. I mean, okay, Upamakano is not slow. So yeah, look, they've got a lot of still got a lot of injury prone players around. Goretz has got a serious injury. Coleman's always injured. Alfonso Davis picking up injuries. Uh, the other fella, Sane, ex City, mm. always injured or don't feel like playing football. Do you know what I mean? Mane is obviously a good signing for them, but if they if they're looking to play Mane out wide and everything, I said it. Bayern Munich fans are in for a shock. Mane is not that same player that was for Liverpool, and I know Liverpool fans have gunned me for this, but let's see how it goes. Let's say it goes. Mane performed amazingly in that last four or five months through the middle, but um, but before that he wasn't really good on the wing for the last twelve months or so. So I think it's a good window. I don't think it's a special window. Like people are hyping it out. That's just me. Yeah, no fair play. Um, I just wanted to get your opinions on that. I agree with you about the Mane situation. I think he's been great for Liverpool, but yeah, I don't think you're going to... I think you, his goals will be replaced, um, if I'm honest. Let's talk a little bit about your window, Grizz. Um, the Darwin Nunez one, I really wanted him at Arsenal. <laughs> and as, as soon as we didn't get that um, Champions League spot, I knew we were never going to go go near him. And he was never going to go near us, should I say. Um, I think it's a good signing. I know it's a risk. All, all strikers are a risk when they come from a different league. But I do think this guy's got talent. Um, and obviously, you've done other business as well. Got a little bit quiet, though, Grizz, of late. Like, what, what's, your, what's your thoughts so far about your, your rating of your window so far, mate? Uh, good. Nothing brilliant. We've done what we needed to do. Darwin Nunes, I'll say it again, I think we've overpaid for him. I don't know why we've overpaid for him. It must be we see what I don't see for that price in him. So, funny story, not funny, but just very quickly. We had a Liverpool Benfica before we played them in the Champions League. And I was I was with a Benfica fan and a couple of Liverpool fans. And we were talking about Liverpool Benfica. And they said, oh, danger men. And uh, and they were, and I, I named the right winger. Fuck if my, my mind's gone blank. Silver, something silver. Rafa Silver. I said he's the danger man for Benfica. And they went, Chris, are you having a laugh? Darwin Nunes. I said, I don't rate him. Three weeks later, we're about to sign. Everyone's like, oh, <laughs> I bet you change your tune now. You know what I mean, Darwin Nunes. I said, no. I, said, I don't rate him like that. I said, look, I see what other people see in him. I don't. For me, he's not my type of striker. But that means fuck all in the grand scheme of things. I'm not the Liverpool manager. I'm not the Liverpool coach. Jurgen Klopp and Pep Linders are the ones that decide if, if his attributes suit their team. I just said, for, as a fantasy footballer player or whatever, what I look for in a player is not my type. Do you get the difference? He's not my type mm. of player. I like, I like the more 
players like a Bobby Firmino, touch, flair, vision, Bergkamp. Do you know what I mean? These guys. So that's all I said at the time. I said he's not my type. But I see the talent and raw attributes. I think the price is mad. But again, I don't give a fuck about the price. I'm one of those people because, for example, I'm more excited with the Fabio Cavalio signing with five million from Fulham. Do you get <laughs> what I mean? No one gives a shit about him because it's five million from Fulham. It would have gone down to the tribunal. But I think he's going to be, I think he's going to bring something different to our team. Energetic goals from midfield. People have always asked me, especially Liverpool fans, what's the difference? How do we get closer to City? I said goals from midfield. They've got people flooding the box every time, shots outside the box. That's, in my opinion, the main key difference where they edge us. Fabio Cavallio, if everyone's seen him for Fulham, fucking brilliant record for Fulham. Playing with Mitrovic and, and, and uh, Harry Wilson, well, now he's going to be playing with Bobby Firmino and Mohamed Salah. So you expect him to, to, to increase and get better with those numbers. <laughs> I think it's below. Yeah, there's no doubt I would have liked a midfielder. Dan, I would 100% like a midfielder. Someone who's got the energy for, to get box to box and add goals to the game. I like Jude Bellingham, the name on everyone's mm. lips. But we just don't do things... We, we, we do things in order. And I know that sounds boring or whatever, but it's a fact. Our owners are like that. They're not risk-averse. Do you know what I mean? They, 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 mm-hmm. They're calculated. And the key element is so is Klopp. Because if Klopp was, I don't give a shit, like a Mourinho, I want player X, Y, Z, I want him now, then yeah, then you can blame the owners. But Klopp's like, oh, we can't get him this year. We've inquired about him. Like I said, we asked about him three weeks ago. I was telling Steve. Fabrizio Romano just confirmed it, that we did inquire about him. So, you know, I wasn't making it up. Liverpool fans were saying, oh, fucking Grizz making it up again. Oh, there you go. Your godfather's spoken now. So now you believe it. But, but yeah, we asked about him and they said not for sale. All right, if you want to give us something mad like 120, 130 million now, then yeah, we can talk. But even though he's brilliant and he's amazing, would you really pay 18, uh, 130 million for Jude Bellingham now? It's a bit mad. So that's why... Yeah, I get the frustration because people will say, is there only a one player that can improve us? No, there's loads. But at the end of the day, it's just the Klopp and Coles. That's the way they operate. They want to wait for their target. You know, and, and I personally would like one more midfielder, Dan. Cut a long answer short. I would like a midfielder. But, but I don't think, especially now with Ox getting injured, I don't think we're going to be able to flog him to get a midfielder in. And that's fucked up for us. Well, before I bring Big Steven on his thoughts, I want to bring this one in because a player we've been linked with for most of this transfer window has been Yuri Tielemans. And you talked about a midfielder coming in. Is that someone that you think Liverpool would, would go for? Or do you think he would improve you, Grizz? Like, what's your thoughts, mate? Oh, Tielemans? Nah, not for yeah. me. Not no? for me. Why is nah, that? Just, not, not a just, He's a good player, neat player, gets goals, technically good. I just don't think he's got, uh, I just don't think he's got the, the, the energy and the legs to play to play in our team. I've seen him start blowing after 60 minutes, 65 minutes. Mm. Yeah, I remember you saying before about yeah. that. And um, yeah, I like him. I think he'd be good for Arsenal. I know Arsenal and Liverpool are in different <laughs> scenarios at the moment, but I do think it'll be a very good signing for Arsenal personally. I think it's a massive upgrade on what we've got in terms of Granite Chaka. And I know Zinchenko has been bought in now and it looks like he's probably going to be in and around that area, but I think we do need a squad. And I think Tielemans would add to that and I think he'd be a great signing. But uh, I thought I'd throw it in there since it was in the chat um, to what your thoughts were on that. Steve, what's your thoughts on Liverpool's transfer window so far, man? Are you looking at them and, and worried at all in terms of them strengthening with Darwin Nunez and a couple more? Or are you still looking at yourselves thinking you're the stronger team? 
I mean, listen, you, I always respect Liverpool. Chris knows that. I know where they're about. And I think the the two squads, City and Liverpool, are, are fighting it together. We're the both best teams in the league. Um, they played the best football early last season when we when we had it toe to toe Anfield. We, you, you you only had to be there to see how ferocious and intense and, and what it meant to both sets of supporters to know what 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 it is. People are saying they're trying to push this rivalry, but at the end of the day, it's a football rivalry where you've got to respect the football. You know, Man United, Liverpool rivalries deep and hatred and loads of shit have gone on. Seeing Liverpool is not like that. It's about football. You literally can't call it. It's 50-50 every game. You know, look at the games last season. Could have gone either way. Taylor to our even, the Etihad, even the Etihad was a magnificent game. What a magnificent it, game. It, yeah, it, 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 these are the games that get you get you going. You know what I mean? It, in my chest and that, I go to Anfield. People said to me, what's your favourite game in the season? I went, Anfield or Old Trafford. Why? And, and like, because I need to go and feel it in my stomach. I need to feel that yeah. pressure where I'm going there for something. You know what I mean? I, I'm not... You know, towards the end of the season, these runnings, it, it'd be twisting me up, man. I can't sleep. It made me ill. Physically made me ill, man, because it was just... You're so invested in the football, mm. you can't get away from it. But Liverpool, Nunes will do okay. Um, they've had to overpay for him because at the end of the day, there's an extreme shortage of top-quality strikers out there. And if you want one of them on the list, you've got to pay the money. Man City got lucky because of the release clause with Haaland. We got a £200 yeah. million pound play of 50 odd million pounds that don't happen Mad. every day of the week we, we, we just we just we just we were respectful around Haaland his family we, we we knew we wanted him for a long time we showed the best interest and we got the deal over the line that's credit to the men behind it Nunes will do all right but what I'm saying is the pressure's gone on him now the fans are on him the internet world's on him the pundits are on him and they're gonna throw it at him it's down to Liverpool fans of Klopp and, and that to protect him if he starts to have a rough patch, just take him out a little bit and just nurse him through. And I think he's well. Liverpool are a great side. Um, Pop's got him playing really well. Look how close they came, you know, to the quadruple. People can laugh, but it was close. The season before that, City was close. No one ever spoke about quadruples before Man City and Liverpool got, got, got these number of points. It, it was never on the agenda. It was literally impossible. But now it's who's going to win the quadruple. Oh, you signed Ireland, you're going to win the quadruple. It's mad. But they're our rivals. I'm not looking past them. There might be a few others that try and spoil it. Tottenham, um, not even Chelsea. No, don't think so. Tottenham, maybe. But like you say, someone said Tottenham are going to be in there with a shout. I said, no chance. They went, why? They beat you. They, they got a point at Liverpool. I said, yeah, it's all right beating us, getting a point at Liverpool. But then they lost to Burnley and then lost to Brighton. So it, it, look at Man City and Liverpool. You can lose two games and lose a league. That's how high the, 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 the margins are. So... I'm not overlooking Liverpool. I, I, I know what they're about. I think Liverpool have got to get into gear early because I think Man City starts slow. And I think I'm really worried about the first 10 games for me because if we started fast early, we could pull away. But we don't. We seem to start slow and then all of a sudden kick into gear about eight or nine in and go on a mad run. But no, Liverpool have done all right. And like you say, Mane's a big miss. But... Nunes is coming in, and I think he'd do all right, me. I do. I think he'd do all right. Yeah, I do. I think he'd be a good signing, and I think Klopp will get the best out of him. Just the last one before we wrap up, Grizz. You say about midfield, you've got the Harvey Elliotts of this world, obviously the Curtis Jones of this world. Can they do it, do you think, to keep your squad healthy? Because I like the look of Elliot. I think he's a very, very good player. 
Yeah, Elliot's been the standout already this season. People forget that. People forget that he started the first four games of last season and was the best player in the park. And then Leeds, that Leeds fella just ruined his ankle. Um, and obviously, we gave him the whole rest of the season off, even though he came back in the last month or so. We didn't really play him. And it made sense not to, because we were going for the quadruple at the time. They want to take a risk with a young player. So far in pre-season, Dan, he's looked fucking mad. He's looked fantastic yeah. in pre-season. Yeah, he's been the standout player. And Klopp loves him. The coaches love him. Something special about him. We're playing him in like a... Very similar to how Bernardo plays for Man City. Like, same stature. Left foot. He loves control. Great control on the ball. Pretty much exactly the same. Copy for copy. And look, they're bringing in a big striker. We're bringing in a big striker. Our coaches signed a long-term contract. Their coaches signed a long contract. A bit of a revamp. Man City, bit of a revamp in Liverpool. Sadio Mane gone. Raheem Sterling gone. It's mad. It's like proper mad. They're going toe-to-toe, punch for punch. Curtis Jones has got to step up. If you don't step up, then the pressure on him will be too much, especially from him being a local boy. And we're probably going to move him on if he doesn't impress this season. A lot of fans are 50-50 about him. I think he's a good player. I think he's got improvements to make, but I think he's got the talent to do it. And it's a big season for him. But this is why Klopp's invested in Harvey Elliott and Curtis Jones. that He thinks they're the future. And who are we to argue with that? Yeah, I think it's a good point, man. I really do. Um, Listen, we are running out of time, but I've got to ask you this because I've been asked to ask you, that's a tongue twister, isn't it? Both this question, uh, and it is an Arsenal-related question quickly. Um, Mikel Arteta, if we don't secure Champions League this season, does he have to go for you? And is it time for the project to stop and Arsenal to go and get a proven winner and try something different? And that question actually has not come from me. <laughs> Believe it or not. Uh, I'm, not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. <laughs> no, it hasn't, man. I promise I you, Chris. It's a setup, Steve. <laughs> I promise That'll you, it ain't. Big Steve, go on. I'll let you have the first all I'm gonna say. All I'm going to say is if you um, can see progression in the season, and you can you can see it going the right way. Sometimes it's good to stick with your manager and get behind him because over the years, in in, in certain clubs, there were certain managers whose jobs was under threat, and they got time and things turned into great stuff. So you just never know. Uh, but I'm not, not going to disrespect you as Arsenal fans and tell you what I think should happen. Only you can do that. I just think he needs a time. I think the signings have been, this window's been good. The ones at the end of the last window when he signed Ramsdale, Ben White, and everyone sort of said, oh, what's going on? You could see they were important players for his system. I think just, I think you'll Arsenal have a good season. I do. I think they'll have a good season. He's moving in the right direction. You give a new contract. He's been told he's, he's staying to build it. So he knows in his head. Um, and, and and part of, part of the, being a successful team you need time. The Liverpool fans never got on Klopp because they knew what was coming and they didn't have to push it because they'd had so many years where nothing spectacular was happening. They they can allow him time. Man City was the same. Yeah, we won the league under Mancini and we won the league under Pellegrini, but we wasn't a fan base that demanded league titles. We get Pep Guardiola. He, at the time, he was massive. He was bigger than us, bigger than the club. So he came in and... We gave him time. I'm not saying Arteta's um, a superstar manager. He's not. But your board trusted your club with a rookie manager. So they must have sat down with a plan. He won the FA Cup. Yeah. You like to talk about Tottenham a lot. 
they haven't won the FA Cup. If they won the FA Cup, Conte would have a statue outside the fucking ground. So, at the end of the day, you know, yeah, it's probably getting towards that point if you don't get the Champions League where you've given him the money, you've given him the time, have you kicked on? Um, but just relax about it, innit? The fan base at Arsenal's crazy. I've never seen anything like it in my fucking life. Lee Gunnar, uh, Northside London, yourself, Turkish, uh, troops. You couldn't get as many mad people. I'd hate to see you all in one room. It'd be fucking crazy, man. <laughs> I'll take that as a compliment, Steve. Do you know what I mean? Massive, Listen, it, it's, it's, it is what it is, man. I've always demanded the best. I've had the pleasure of watching Arsenal win like you have now, Steve. And I demand the best, man. And when we moved over to the no, Emirates, I, I, I didn't want to be it, competing with Burnley and Brighton. No, I respect you know it. I, mean? I do. These things take time, man. They go round in circles. There's Liverpool fans out there from 89 who walked out of that ground against Arsenal and thought, we'll win that league next year. And didn't wait for 30. So it's it's what it is, man. You just never know what's on the corner in football. And I always look at Arsenal and think, you know what? When me and Don Robbie went at it on the Lad Bible, and I said, you're having a meltdown because you're six. I said, you don't know meltdown if you're in the face. I said, try being 19th in League One, League Two. And they can take the piss and call it. But I've lived that and seen it. And it's fucking hard, man, to get to get, mm. to, to get up on a Saturday morning and go to Groomsbury or somewhere random with your mates to watch a team that let you down week in, week out when you... When you're watching Man United and all your pals going to Champions League games, that that that's when it's tough, man. So Arsenal haven't got it that bad, but you know it's Arsenal, isn't it? Anything can happen. Mate, Arsenal, Arsenal's fan base can't unite. I've always said it, man. We've always always got the difference of opinions. It's either Wenger in, Wenger out, Arteta in, Arteta out. We can never unite on the same. Fa- and unfortunately, we, kept, we don't. Wenger on for too long. Kept Wenger on for too long. No matter what anyone says, did. he did. Of course, he we did. did. And that, and that's just what it is. And that's the thing with City now, what City are doing well, Liverpool are doing it. They're moving players on and people on at the right time. They're not holding on to, to these memories. They're just it's time to go. You know, you upset a few, but you move. And that's what we're doing well at the minute. So, no, I think Arsenal have a good season. Gabriel J- Jesus, I love him to death. I wish him all the best. I'm, I'm going to have a little bet on Jesus to be up there in that top scorer as well. Wow, how many do you think then? How many are you going for Premier League goals for Jesus? Definitely gets twenty for me. Definitely. Oh, wow! I'll take that. Jeez, I've I've gone fifteen, so I'll I'll, I'll take that, man. I'll tell you that now. I would love him to get that. Um, get goals, Chris, 100%. you reckon? I hope you're right, Big Steve, man. I really I'm do. I'm gonna I'm gonna be so Go boring. I know you want guests that are gonna disagree talking points controversy but no nah, man you guys i won't guess that we say this truth I, 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 yeah yeah you've got like me and steve pretty much on the same wavelength when it comes to most football matters and I, i'm with him honestly i am i'm i you've got to see progression so i know progression after fifth is fourth but what i mean by progression is an identity a way of playing Progress in the Cups. I know you guys complained about getting knocked out in the Cups earlier. So, for example, maybe a semi-final or final, Europa mm-hmm. League, latter stages. Your team just getting solid, more and more solid. It's going to be difficult for you lot to overtake City. and um, We know City and Liverpool are, uh, are nailed on. It's going to be difficult for you guys to overtake Spurs and Arsenal. Uh, sorry, Spurs and Chelsea. Do you, do you genuinely think you're going to overtake... Have you got the squad right now to take over 
overtake Chelsea and Spurs? I think right we've now? got the squad, but you know my thoughts on a manager, man. He's not proved to me enough and give shown me enough evidence that we've got okay. the right man in place. I like fine. the side I though. I do like the side that I've right. given to be fair, Grizz, I've given him a lot of credit, him and Art and Edu outside no, of the fine. pitch. Off the pitch, I think they've done some really no, that's good fine. things. No, that's fine. But that's your opinion. On As the I pitch, said, I can't it, see it, man. Just like Steve, I'm not the person to tell you what you think of your team. I'm just from the outside giving my yeah, opinion man, that's, that's, I don't absolutely. think I think I think Spurs I think Spurs team's stronger than yours squad stronger than yours I think Chelsea's is touching goal depending on who they bring in but they were so ahead of you can you really see yourselves overtaking the matter of two years so like this year uh, last year just gone and this year difficult it's a tricky one you got us I get you got to set your standards really high because you're Arsenal and you was you know, the Invincibles and all that, blah, blah, blah. Shout out to Ty, who reminds me of that every time. Herbert Chapman era, fuck that. Right? But, but my point being is it takes time to get back to those glory days and you're not going to get there. Just uh, I just think if you get rid of Arteta, you're back to square one again. All those that, players that, that he's brought. Zinchenko, <laughs> Jesus, all these players literally have come for Arteta. The new manager might not fancy them. They might not fancy the manager. Where the fuck are you going to go then? Saka leaving, if that happens. Do you know what I mean? He's going to see, oh, enough's enough. I can't start another project here. Sometimes slow and steady, as painful, as painful as it may is, sometimes slow and steady is the best way to keep going, man. But, you know, who are we to say what you, you know, what you guys think? You We're just giving our opinion on it, man. Of course, man. And um, I'm going to close by finishing, by giving mine. Um, I don't know why we keep looking at Arteta and Klopp in the same thing because Klopp was a proven winner at Dortmund. So Arteta wasn't, right? So I'd never look at what Klopp, uh, Liverpool have done with Klopp and compare that with Arsenal because it ain't going to happen. This guy's learning on the job. Klopp wasn't. So I don't look at that as a comparison. A lot of people say that, oh, look what happened with Liverpool. I don't see it like that. I see Mikel Arteta coming in. The other thing I don't like is the way that Liverpool run is spectacular. The way that we're run is shocking. We spend so much money. It's not the problem. Yeah, it's not. I never ever come on here and say Arsenal need to spend money. We've spent more money than I can ever imagine in the last four seasons. Only Manchester City, PSG, and I think Chelsea have spent more, along with Man United and Arsenal. So it's not been about spending money. Look at what Manchester United and Arsenal have spent their money on. It has been shambolic at times. Yeah. Now in the last couple of seasons, the recruitment started to get a little bit better, but I don't know how you can give someone nearly four hundred million. It's going to be now after this window, from what we're being told, if we anticipate more signings coming in, have one game a week and still not get into the Champions League. Not asking for a title challenge, just the Champions League. And that's why my fingers will be pointing, not at Mikel Arteta this season, at that owner to say, what are you going to do about this now? Because we are falling behind. Especially if Spurs and Chelsea, we still can't get ahead of them. And even worse, if Man United now under Ten Hag get ahead of us as well. That's when I'm going to be pointing the fingers at him, saying, what is going on with this project? And when is it going to go bang, Stan Kroenke, in your eyes? Because I can't see it happening. Now, with Arteta, I do see a lot of bad things. I've seen a lot of same mistakes happening. Why? Because he's young and he's learning. Whether people think that he's going to be great, he might be in five years' time, an unbelievable coach, manager, whatever you want to call it. But right now, he's not. And we're learning. So I'm saying this, with this current side, Antonio Conte gets, him, gets us into the Champions League. Thomas Tuchel gets us into the Champions League. As does Diego Simeone and Roberto Mancini for me, two managers I'd have tomorrow. I'm not so sure. Mikel Arteta, he could prove me wrong and I've been crying out for three seasons. Please, man, prove me wrong. I'm not like some of the Arsenal fans who want us to lose so he gets sacked. That ain't me. I'm an Arsenal fan, believe it or not. Look at those shirts behind me with the history. Yeah, I want us to win. I want us to win the league. I want us to win the Champions League. In 2006, 
I, I was crying because we lost the Champions League final. I remember being in mourning in 2002, uh, sorry, 2003, because we threw the league away to Manchester United, who I hate, by the way, still, yeah? I remember going to the FA Cup final, which we won against Southampton in mourning because we threw the league away the week before. That's what I demand. So now I'm not happy with eighth. I'm not happy with eighth. I'm not happy with fifth. I don't see massive progress like some people because fifth to me is nothing to be excited about. I didn't move to the Emirates to celebrate fifth. When we were told by our old ownership we were moving to the Emirates is because we're going to be competing with the very best. Do you know what? We already were. In 2006, we were competing with Bayern Munich in the Champions League final and we haven't got near it since. We haven't got near a Premier League title since because the year that Leicester won it, we were miles behind. 11 points we finished behind them. So the way I see it is I'm demanding the best from my football club. And people might think I'm deluded, toxic, negative. I don't care, man. I'll say it how it is. The way I see it is I want to be seeing us performing at the very best. And I just don't think we're going in the right direction with another youth project. When Project Youth won under Fabregas and Van Persie, failed and they ended up at Man United and Barcelona. Project Youth 2.0 ended up in Wilshire leaving and Ramsey going. Project Youth 3.0 you both believe that it's going to end up in Saka wearing a Manchester City or Liverpool shirt. And that, for me, is enough <laughs> to know that this project is not going to go anywhere. I'll leave it at that, boys. Um, guys, I want to say a massive thank you to both of you and for all of you in the chat. There's well over 700 of you still watching live. Absolute mad. Thank you so much, man. Smash a like on this video if you can do and subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so already. And please head over. It's in the description to Big Steve's channel and do exactly the same thing and to Grizz Khan TV and do exactly the same thing. My thanks go out to you first, Grizz. Thank you so much for coming on, bro. Much appreciated. Um, Grizz Khan TV, people, you've got some con serious content over there now, Grizz. You're massive, massive growing that channel, man. So big up yourself, man, and thank you for coming on. Not a problem, man. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure chatting football to you. With you. Cheers, Grizz. And Big Steve, man, I know you're a busy man and you've jumped on um, just after seven. I really appreciate that, man. Thank you so much for coming no on, bro. No worries, man. Cheers, man. Cheers. See you later, boys. Boys, we will, we will speak to you all later. Guys in the chat, thank you very much. Smash the like button on the way out and we'll see you next time. Take care.